Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. All right. Good morning, Queens. Today we have Nancy Clark, who probably was one of the only dietitians and still is to be on a Wheaties box. So we're (laughs) really excited to have her here today. She's a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. She's a private practice located in the Boston area, and there she counsels both competitive athletes and casual exercisers, helping them win with good nutrition. Nancy specializes in nutrition for exercise, performance, and weight management. Her nutrition advice and photos have been on the back of the Wheaties box. Her clients have included the spectrum from student-athletes to Olympians and members of the Bruins and Celtics. She's been the team nutritionist for the Boston Red Sox. Nancy completed her undergrad degree in nutrition from Simmons College in Boston, her dietetic internship at Massachusetts General Hospital, and her graduate degree in nutrition with a focus on exercise physiology from Boston University. She's a fellow of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and the American College of Sports Medicine. Nancy writes a monthly nutrition column called The Athlete's Kitchen, which appears regularly in over 100 sports and health publications and websites. Her best-selling Nancy Clark Sports Nutrition Guide book, now in its fifth edition, has sold more than a half a million copies, which was a guidebook that um, I used as my Bible (laughs) through high school and college. This popular resource offers both the scientific approach to eating for top performance, as well as the practical how-to approach that includes specific menu ideas and food recommendations. Nancy has also written food guides for new runners, marathoners, cyclists, and soccer players. Health and fitness are personal values for Nancy. She's a regular bicycle commuter and runner. She has completed several marathons, bicycled across America, and hiked in the Himalayas. She lives in the Boston area with her husband and has two grown children. And for more information, please visit nancyclarkrd.com. Thanks for joining us, Nancy. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. (laughs) Nancy, I was telling Becca that um, I'm so glad this book is out, but your your first book was my manual in high school as a competitive um, track runner. So I still have it. It's highlighted (laughs) up. It has been a resource for me through high school and then my collegiate career. So, um, I mean, it is the Bible for sports nutrition for athletes. So again, I like, I loved it. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And now we're holding in hand the sixth edition. So Nancy, tell us what kind of inspired to go ahead and put out the sixth edition and then we'll kind of probe into what, what you feel like has evolved in sports nutrition, what stayed the same and what they can expect. There's lots and lots of excellent recipes in the back of here so well what inspired me to do it is people like you that and and others that write me saying nancy when are you updating your book (laughs) (laughs) so there's a little 
fan club of people that like my book, which is which is very heartwarming because you write something <laughs> and you, you, you know, the amount of feedback that you get is minimal, but to know that people do like it and appreciate it. Yeah. And um, it was just time to, to change some things. It's a whole different food culture that we live in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And people are just so confused. Mm-hmm. I mean, carbohydrates, good or bad, you know, salt, is it terrible for an athlete? You know, what about all these, you know, processed foods? And what about becoming a vegetarian or a, be- a vegan? And um, so there's a lot that does change and it's and it's interesting because you know this is the sixth edition of my sports nutrition guidebook and you know you revise it every five or six years and you think what's changed and then you sort of start paying attention to what changed and there's a lot mm-hmm. um um and like i say the, the food culture is is has given a whole different spin about good foods and bad foods and people being afraid to eat. So there's a lot of um, helping people understand the controversy and, you know, carbohydrates. Are they really bad for athletes? You know, if you're pre-diabetic and sitting on the couch all day, over fat, under fit, you know, it's a whole different conversation regarding carbohydrates than, um, an athlete who needs to make sure their muscles are well fueled. So that's sort of what inspired me. And um, I hope the book gets a good, great reception. Oh, I'm oh, sure yeah. it will. Well, I think that's such, uh, I mean, addressing some of the things that are coming out in sports nutrition into the book that's so helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, we're so glad to have it. Well, and you've always stood firm and that you believe that you can get it from a food first philosophy but also being reasonable as sometimes convenience works but I, I know a day or two ago you had another research study it wasn't finished yet but it was looking at different foods for recovery can you tell us a little bit about like the incorporation of these recipes and how athletes can use them to fuel with this food first philosophy Yes. You know, it's it's interesting. There are so many people who are so health conscious and, <clears throat> you know, cutting back on their animal protein and eating all these um, natural foods and organic foods. And then they go and dump in protein powder, <laughs> just about <laughs> everything. And it's like, come on, let's just figure out how to get your protein through through food. And, and just as a a sidelight to that study you referenced is um, we we forget about food comes with a whole matrix matrix of synergistic compounds and it's like taking an egg if you eat just the egg white it's 40% less effective at building muscle than if you eat the whole egg mm. and and that's like egg white I consider that to be a, a natural food mm-hmm. so when you take you know this you know um, you know a lot of these protein supplements and powders and things you just sort of wonder what are they missing you know and do we really I, I, I love it when there's studies that deal with almonds and cranberries and dates mm-hmm. um, and walnuts <laughs> and avocados and you know, real foods to show that um, 
you know that that food matrix makes it makes a big difference and there's more and more studies coming out like that which is good mm -hmm. how do you so, help your athletes learn how to incorporate that in their day-to-day -day fueling mm -hmm. i i encourage them to trust food um we live in an environment where people are so skeptical um and and so give them looking at the the whole picture and um giving easy recipes that you know fewer than six ingredients nothing too strange um you know things that are easy to prepare and just encourage them to um ex to be responsible i guess is the word you know so many athletes put so much time into training and they're mm -hmm. so responsible with training and mm -hmm. responsible with going to physical therapy and responsible with stretching and responsible with you know <clears throat> um you know recovery or whatever but they they just aren't responsible with their food that's just sort of optional <laughs> i think that's such a good point of like well you wouldn't miss a training why would session. you skip why would your you? meal yeah. yeah i think that's a very good point yeah it's like oh i don't have time to eat no no no. just a minute you made a choice you had time to train mm -hmm. you know how is it that you didn't have time to eat and it, it makes them realize that there are choices but it but it, it, it's it's interesting i i this is a little bit off off topic, but I think it's worthy of pointing out. Um, way 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 back when, life used to be organized around meals, and like the main meal was in the middle of the day. And mm -hmm. the farmers would come home at lunch for a big dinner, and even kids came home from school for lunch. Mm -hmm. And um, then you know dinner was more of a, a supper. And then the war came along, and women went to work, and so then the dinner time shifted till nighttime, and then there were more convenience foods. Mm -hmm. And now our on-the-go lifestyle with kids' sports in the middle of dinner time, <laughs> it's like no right. longer is the day revolving around food mm -hmm. and meals as the as the guideposts. Um, so one of the things that I do in my book is to sort of put up guideposts and have people eat you know, every four hours. Mm -hmm. So you have breakfast at seven and lunch at 11 and then second lunch at three. And you change that word snack to second lunch mm -hmm. and, and then it's food and then dinner at six or seven. Um, and people really like, you know, this is how I work with people when I counsel them here in my office in the Boston area. And they really like that structure that has been missing from our meals these days because mm -hmm. the day doesn't evolve around meals anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I really like the addition of calling it a second lunch versus a snack. So that, especially uh, so they get enough in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also to know you don't have to wait till noon to have lunch. You can have right. an earlier lunch. I mean, because <laughs> how many people do you know that get up in the morning and exercise and they get up at 536 and if the clock starts ticking when you get up, somewhere between 6 and 10, mm -hmm. you have your breakfast. Mm -hmm. But then between 10 and 2, you've got your lunch. But what's wrong with having lunch at 10 or 11 when you first get hungry? Mm -hmm. um, instead, people snack on something. 
to hold them over to lunch. It's yeah. like if you're hungry, eat an early lunch. <laughs> And then have a later lunch, a second lunch. That's a very good plan. I don't know what the magic number is for noon. I can't eat until noon, right? Isn't like, that funny? <laughs> like, where did that get established, right? Uh-huh. Well, I know. It, yeah. Yeah. It and, has and so people are almost embarrassed. It's like, oh, I, I eat lunch at like 11. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm too immature to hold off till noon. I just can't. Like, no willpower. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. It's like, no, 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 no. Food is fuel. You know, hunger is a request for fuel. Mm-hmm. If you're hungry, it means your body's just saying, I burned off what you gave me, man. Please mm-hmm. have some more. Yes. It's like, no, it's not noontime yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're hangry. Yeah, right? no kidding. Just yeah. like in that tone, right? Nancy, what have you noticed from kind of the the overtime, kind of the first edition to this edition in terms of changing in sports nutrition overall? Well, what struck me with this sixth edition is the different foods. Like my first book it was like, oh, no, no, whole wheat was weird and tofu was weird <laughs> and mm-hmm. not too many nuts and berries. I mean, that was sort of like, oh, these nuts and berry crunchy grola vegetarians might, <laughs> I don't know. And and now it's really supporting a, a more of a plant-based diet. And we've got kale and quinoa and, um, you know, more, yeah, we all just a whole bunch of other foods that are are more mainstream now um and and so people want to know what do i do with kale and what do i do with all these beans and how do i eat you know chickpeas in an enjoyable form um so i'd say the types of foods are have gone from you know canned convenience slap together a casserole of some sort to using more um, of the minimally processed ingredients. And, you know, what do you do with chia? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, I don't yeah. know. What do you do with chia? I am, I'm looking at your recipes. I, I'm loving this. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what you do with yes, chia. Please you, tell make, me what you, you... you make the super seedy granola bars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got sunflower seeds and chia seeds and um, peanut butter and oats. Mm-hmm. And you, you you don't have to cook them or anything, but you just mix together these ingredients, which are, I say, the recipe for super seedy granola bars. And you press it into a pan and you have to press it really hard. Otherwise, it just crumbles all over the place to get in the refrigerator, cut it up. And then you have these little yummy squares and you eat them and the chia after it gets stuck in your teeth but then in in three or four minutes you you can play with these funny little chia balls in your mouth so they're they're entertaining (laughs) i see it it's the super seedy granola Mm -hmm. bars is that the one yeah 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 Yeah. no i they're everybody loves them Mm -hmm. and like i say they're just sort of fun because they've got a chia crunch and then if the ones that gets the chia seeds that get stuck in your teeth you I know. They just sort of entertain you for a little while. <laughs> Saving it for later. Multi-purpose. Yeah. And I love, in this book, she calls upon other sports dietitians to give some of their go-to mm. recipes. And I think what so many people lack is, like you said, well, okay, chia I know is supposed to be good for me, but what do I do with it? And so I think they're going to love in this book, there's so many recipes and even things that they can make up in bulk or how to like – 
make a higher protein scrambled egg. So um, recommend everybody to go grab it. Not only is it educational, but you're going to find basically a cookbook in the in the back of it. And the recipes are aren't log. I get so overwhelmed by all the ingredients to make oh, yeah. it foo-foo and fancy. I'm never going to do it, but um, these are just short and simple. And I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and, and I work hard to do that. And like I say, the, the book isn't there's like one or two recipes with chia because it's such a trendy food. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we lived for years without chia. Um, <laughs> we were okay. But yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and we're okay. But I felt as though I needed to include some of the, the are they trendier items or newer items or whatever, um, things that people are curious about. But the, the majority of the recipes are pretty basic. There's there's one that's absolutely delicious. It's for an African peanut stew, mm, and it's ooh. with sweet potato, and you can put in chicken or pork or tofu or some sort of chickpeas with some sort of protein. And it's got um, it, it's the one recipe that has sort of like a, a strange, an uncommon spice in it. Um, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but it. Um, it's just absolutely delicious, but it's it, it's worth making. African peanut stew is got African what? Peanut. I was looking at the chickpea curry and peanut butter soup. Oh. Yeah, there's that, and then there's an African peanut stew. But mm. in any event, that's that's the one recipe that has more than six ingredients. It is still very easy to make, and it's worth buying that strange ingredient because you'll make that <laughs> recipe over and over again. Um, but that's just one recipe that one of I, like I say, I reached out to different sports dietitians for what they recommended, and and it's it's fun to get input from lots of other people because there's a lot of expertise in this continent about Certainly. you know good sports nutrition advice. Well, since you were one of the originals, what do you kind of see in the future for sports nutrition, um, incorporating that into food, sports products? What what's in your globe, or what what's in your what am I looking for, Kara? What's my word? I don't know. Looking glass. Looking glass. There we go. Ooh. Phew, man. For for the future, uh-huh. or, um, I I see people as becoming more responsible, in and just realizing, be it for sports or be it for life, uh, we need to take good care of our bodies. I mean, there are a lot of people that are growing old, and they may only be fifty or sixty years in age, but they look pretty old. And there are other people that are 80 or 90 and running ultra marathons. Um, And -hmm. and you have a choice. And I think we realize now that aging is a how you want to spend the rest of your life is a choice. You can stay healthy and fit, you can pay attention to what you put in your body today, as an investment in the future, or you can just eat whatever you want and um, pay the price later on. So I'd like to think that people are watching their parents or grandparents age and going, hmm, that's not the way that I want to go. And and just being more responsible. Mm -hmm. I loved it yesterday. I was (laughs) the most amazing duo that came in. One was a pretty competitive triathlete in her 70s, but um, had an injury. And then her husband was with her, and he's at the very end. He's like, I think I'm going to have to meet with you. He said, I've learned, you know, 
as I've gotten older, I've become quite competitive because there's less and less of us. And he's like, most of these big races, you know, I'm in the top three. Well, he's like 85. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing you some are winning. amazing. You're like Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you just have to show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Meddling. But he's still thinking like, ooh, how can I keep going and going so I can or get better? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's sort of like food and exercise really shouldn't be a choice. It's like, I need to do this. Um, but my goal is to have, is for the E and eating to be enjoyable mm. and for the E and exercise to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So that's what I talk a lot about in the, in the sixth edition of my sports nutrition guidebook is that what are yummy, healthy foods and how do you fuel your body so that you have the energy and you're either fueling up or you're refueling. And if you want to lose weight, how do you lose weight and still have energy to exercise? And and it's all possible to do this without denial, deprivation, woe is me, you know. Um, but with enjoyment and with with good energy. So that's sort of you know one of my goals is to say, hey, you you can do this. It's not that hard. You, you just need to, you know, come up with a an eating lifestyle that, that works. And there's not one lifestyle that works for everybody. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if some people want to live the keto lifestyle, then, you know, as long as it's sustainable and that's how they want to live for the rest of their life, you know, that's one conversation. And they enjoy but, it. Yeah. Yeah. And they enjoy it. But I look at social eating. I mean, the same thing with intermittent fasting. People say, what about intermittent fasting? It's like, is it sustainable? What about family meals? Mm -hmm. What about birthday parties? You know, and what about, you know, everybody eating out of the same pot? I mean, there's something really nice when everybody, you get together, the gathering and everybody eats out of the same pot. Some of them say, oh, I can't eat for another two hours. (laughs) It's not noon yet. Yeah, or I I stop eating it. You know, at five o'clock or something. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's that's not what I call um, sustainable, high quality living. Yeah. I mean, we need to put the pleasure back into food. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you've never wavered from that, it, it was interesting. It's come full circle with. Um, so Tina Muir presented at Eating Disorder and Sport, and then after that, she had a picture with you, and she was talking about, like, yes, you can enjoy your foods, where she was so rigid before, had to eat on her schedule, had to have her kale, um, and that because you have been such an experienced, seasoned sports dietitian, where athletes still continue to excel and come to see you, that I believe you paved the way that we can get other athletes to buy into this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, tr- I truly hope so. I, I, I truly hope so. And it's, it's nice having, you know, someone like Tina who's willing to share her story and say, whoa, there's another way to have quality of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> True and quality of life. competitive athlete. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. be a competitive athlete. And, and the more competitive athletes that – um, share their stories, the better it will be. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Nancy, now that you're done with this edition, how are you balancing the fit philosophy of performance, health, intellect, and time for self? 
Me personally? Yeah. Well, I have a dog who never gets enough walks or runs, <laughs> gets me to the park, gets me into the woods, so I get green and nature, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, walks on the beach with him or whatever. I ride my bike to work, so that's commuting back and forth. I, well, this season I have a, a vegetable garden that I'm mm-hmm. enjoying. Um, and I'm, I'm working on the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's always, I know, it's an exciting field. There's always too much going mm-hmm. on. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on that. And um, just try to be grateful, just grateful for opportunities like this to, you know, talk with you and oh, grateful my for my good health, knock on wood and, you know, grateful for the people in my life. And if you, you know, are just grateful, it's a lot easier than being grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Well, we hope yeah. we'll be interviewing you for the seventh edition at some point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about that in four or five years. But, um, it, it's a lot of work to write a book. Oh, yes, a lot it of, is. It, and it's a lot of responsibility. I think I struggled harder with this book than with my others. Just, oh, really? i got to get this right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if we know what's right mm-hmm. when it comes to saturated fat. And, you know, coconut oil and sugar and, you know, all these controversial topics. Mm -hmm. So I've, you know, compiled what I think is right for today. Mm -hmm. Um, But look at eggs. I mean, there's like no eggs. And and now it's like, well, maybe they're okay. But then maybe they aren't. Um, it's, there's such, so much new science that's coming out and nutrition is a new science. And I, and I think we need to, um, recognize that there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> always look at things holistically, Definitely. Um, the whole diet, not good food, bad food, but balanced diet, unbalanced diet. Great. And as, as one of my clients said, you know those bad brownies that are just so filled with <laughs> butter and sugar? She went through an eating disorders program and she came out and said, you know, those bad brownies, they're actually quite delicious. They are. <laughs> yes, they are. And much needed. So Yeah. yeah. Well, again, and- continue doing the good work out there, um, Nancy Clark. And thank you for being on. We yeah. appreciate it. Well, I am grateful for this opportunity to talk to you. Well, so we will be sure to put the, the links to Amazon so they can all purchase their the new book? their guidebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. or I... you could link link via my website as well. Yeah, oh, which perfect. Is we'll NancyClarkRD.com. People Got have it. a choice. They can get it on Amazon. They can get it on my website. They can go to the library. They don't even have to buy it. You should be in libraries. Great. Or bookstores. Yeah. Awesome. I guess I'll be retiring mine. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get, get a, a new, new one, one Kara. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nancy. Have a great day. Bye, Nancy. Okay. You too. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com, to find out when the release date is set and when it'll be on Amazon. 
Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.